So, what's one of the best ways to tell the best stories? Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start your own podcast or you want to entertain people or you just want to tell the best stories out there, go to anchor.fm slash start and join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast and those crazy stories. You want to feed us. Mm. Promiscuous man who is manipulative and cocky while still being a worthless poser, which is exactly what a lot of you women go for and want. Gosh, I, I sound like a like you know those nice guys you see on on the subreddits like r slash nice guys or even close to an incel. All right, welcome back to the Bromar Show. I am your host Bromar, and I'd like to apologize if I didn't release an episode last week. It was very busy week for me, and a lot was actually going on in both entertainment and my life since holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving and I work in the restaurant part-time so you can imagine that and it's the busiest time of the year a lot of people come in everybody and they mama is in there eating <laughs> but lots of things to cover here and what has been happening this whole week that I did not release an episode so we have the major one is the Disney Plus service I'm gonna say this and you are going to not like me after this, but I'm not that much of a big Disney fan. Like, yes, there's some good Disney movies out there, but I'm not as obsessed as other people are. I'm more of a DreamWorks animation type person, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Yeah. So <laughs> now with Disney Plus been released, a lot of people have been saying, oh, they're going to turn exactly into what cable has been, you know, bundling everything up and paying all this money for all these different memberships in which to be fair even if they do that it is still a better deal than what cable has been providing for these last couple years you want to know why here's the thing with these uh bundled up subscription services you can just cancel that subscription anytime so you can go oh well you know what i'm gonna go watch a disney plus for a whole month and it's like oh i can't afford it right now maybe i'll just cancel it until I have more money or like, oh, I want to watch a show that's only exclusive on Netflix. Well, let me go ahead and unsubscribe Disney for a moment and go to Netflix. Because with cable, you have to sign like a two year contract usually and you can't cancel that subscription anytime. You have to wait those two years before you decide whether you want to stay with the provider or move on to a different one. That's just how it is. So it's still a better bundle for that monthly subscription with all those bundles. All you have to do is just cancel one and subscribe to the other. Like, it's not that hard, people. <laughs> it's how capitalism works. Other things I like to mention is a lot of bands have been returning for tours. Like, My Chemical Romance is getting back together. Motley Crue blew up that damn contract saying we will never go back on tour ever again. And all of a sudden, going on tour with three other bands. Ozzy Osbourne and Marilyn Manson both joining forces to go on tour. So, and along with that, I think this is going to be the emo year. This is going to be back to our goth years or whatever you want to call them. Back at it again. Because now, not only is Panic at the Disco and the Frozen soundtrack, so is Weezer. <laughs> like, this is just, this is just a year for us, I guess, I would say. And my most favorite one of them all. And you can call me some SoundCloud F-boy or whatever, but Lil Peep 
has released his documentary called Everybody's Everything. And I am just excited for this. I know you old heads are like, oh, well, it ain't real hip hop or nobody likes him. He's trash. Like, he's just a SoundCloud rapper. Rap ain't the same no more or whatever. Like, yo, it's, don't take it too seriously. Like, a lot of us acknowledge the fact that most SoundCloud rappers that are making big moves are trash. But we know, like, <laughs> they got the game figured out. They're making money. And all I got to say is Little Peep, he's definitely revolutionary. Because he combined two different genres into one. And it's just very unique. Like, it sounds like he's like an emo rapper. Like, he's got that emo voice, but kind of incorporates it into, like, the SoundCloud rapper world. And I just think that's, you know, for someone to actually try that. And I'm pretty sure there might have been someone who has done that before him. I'm certain. But that's when I just kind of... It, when things actually took a turn. When you just kind of notice things going, like, wow, you know, maybe little people isn't that bad you're gonna judge me hardcore for it like i don't give a shit but i'm just saying like it definitely someone decided to grab the bulls by the horn and was like you know what fuck it let's try it let's see how it goes and if he would have been alive i'm pretty sure it would have blown up even bigger but rest in peace little peep we will always miss you and honestly i wish i would heard more work from you if you're still alive also Rest in peace, XXX Tentacion. I know you're probably going to call me a SoundCloud bundle of sticks or some other term, but this is just what I've noticed people enjoy. So this is the perfect time for us to look at some Vice articles because Vice wrote an article about Lil Peep. Everybody is everything. Funny title about this Vice article says... Funny part about the name of this article written by Vice is everybody's everything is a complicated remembrance of Little Peep. And I personally agree. It is complicated because some people hate him. Some people love him. And I see and it's like, you know, this guy was trying something new. At least he, what he thought was something new. And there's other rappers that might have done that before, like I stated. And of course, this is a broad overview of his career as told by his peers, collaborators, and music industry types. I know Post Malone was actually in the preview at least, is what I've seen from the trailer. This article was written by Emma Garland, by the way. And you know, just goes into summary exactly what happened, like in regards to his overdose, all of his obituaries, and apparently some people say it's too close for someone to release a documentary about Little Peep. And that it's difficult to establish a coherent narrative about someone who shared so much directly during his time. And I mean, it's impossible for there to be a satisfying conclusion to the loss of a promising young talent and the real person whose life had only just begun. So yeah, it is a bit of a complicated scenario, at least from Vice here. Now, if you want to read through the whole article, I'll post a link in the description. So it's not a bad Vice article. It's kind of decent, like most some of the weirdest Vice headlines. This was a decent one. But here's one that um, <laughs> you're gonna take a crack at. And uh, it might hit too close to home for some of you ladies because I may be calling out on a couple things. So the title of this Vice article, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Fuckboys. This right here confirms exactly what most of us guys have been theorizing. And that is you women, no matter how much you say that you hate fuckboys and you're done with them, Honest to God, you love them, and you crave them, and it's what you want. But no deep enough, you can't have. And if you want to have, and you can have it, it's not good for you. 
and this article was written by Allison Stevenson and just goes into a description about how the term fuckboy came into fruition and apparently it was largely appropriated from black culture. And of course they use several examples from different rap verses about how they use the term fuckboy and all this mess. And it explains that in the last few years the new definition of fuckboy has evolved into promiscuous man who is manipulative and cocky while still being a worthless poser. Which is exactly what a lot of you women go for and want. Gosh, I, I sound like a like you know those nice guys you see on on the subreddits like r slash nice guys or even close to an incel. But we see it every day. And honestly, I'm I'm not really mad at y'all. You know, just some shit y'all do. It's like me, for example. I like girls who are like emotionally unavailable. They're hot but very psycho and will break your shit and probably kill you. And I still go for these chicks. So I mean, I'm not really mad. I, I get it, you know? I understand. And I take accountability for it too. I'm like, well. That's what I get for messing with that crazy ass bitch. You should have probably just not messaged her. You should have resisted temptation, but that that's just how it works. And another point here that this author makes is that men with active sex lives tend to be congratulated more than degraded. And she says, although that is not to say promiscuity is the problem, in a perfect world, we would all be able to have equally active sex lives as long as we weren't hurting anybody else in the process, which I would get it, but here's the thing, it's not equal. It really is not, because here's the deal. Women, they have all the guys, all the picks up to them. Literally, she has to do nothing to attract guys. All she has to do is <laughs> be a girl. And of course, the, the hotter she is, the more options she has. <laughs> Gosh, I am such an asshole today. But what I'm trying to say here is no matter the standard of beauty, the woman will have more options. No matter the standard of beauty she has, she will have more options than the guy, usually. For a guy, on the other hand, well, he's got to do a couple steps here. And honestly, I'm not necessarily mad about it. That's just how things are. Uh, a guy has to go around and go ahead and find a chick she is attracted to, right? And if he's attracted to her, uh, he's got to make sure and see, well, is she attracted to him? Or does she like him? and all this mess, and yada, yada, yada. So I gotta jump through a couple steps. So for a guy, yes, it's technically a game. This is why guys play games. And like I stated in a previous episode, dating is not easy. It's going to take some work. And apparently fuckboys are men who date to serve their own egos. They're entitled, predictable, uninteresting, and hollow. And all this mess about how they tell horrible jokes and are offended if you don't laugh and they complain that you're clingy and say things like you need to chill when you ask why they haven't texted you in five days. You want to know why? Because I know you women out there, it freaks you out, keeps you on your toes and that's how we know that we are on your mind. That's just part of being a player. And she states that the biggest lesson this fuckboy phenomenon has taught her is that they're not going anywhere and they're increasing in numbers. Well, it's because we notice a trend here. We see that a lot of women like fuckboys and we're like, well, we really, really want to get laid or we want to have as many women in our lives as we can. And apparently being a fuckboy gets you a lot of them. So let's go ahead and try it out. And if it fails, well, too bad, so sad. And we see it works and we go for it. She gives some examples about how the types of fuckboys she has encountered include being texted by a man who claimed to miss her a year after they only had been on one date and only to hang out with her one more time and to tell her 
that he couldn't see her again because he met someone new. A lot of Yao girls do this, in which, sure, fine, but if we can't get mad about you seeing other guys in the dating process, you can't get mad at us for being a fuckboy. I'm just saying. How horrible do I sound today? Another one apparently told her that he wanted to see her, but only in the context of her going to his shitty band play to some shitty show. Wow. And you wonder why you attract fuckboys. It's because it's attitude like that. You're not supportive of him. And if you really think he needs improvement in his band, you would have suggested something like, hey, babe, you know, it'd be kind of cool if, um, you know, you collab with other people. I think you'll do great. And it'll be great for your development. Something along the lines. She also has another one saying that a guy sending her furious text messages until four in the morning because she did not want to have sex with him on the first date. Which, I mean, yes, that's kind of cringe, bro. But if you had a history of putting out on the first date and you decided to like withhold that from him, I mean, two things here is A, he clearly did not have really good game. And B, it's like you kind of tell him that he's not good enough to sleep with you. So he's going to shatter his ego a little bit, just to let you know. But I'm not trying to say that he should call you all these names. No. She also describes about how her love life has not been great for her romantically. She attempted an open relationship, which failed miserably. She got back together with two different men from her past, which also failed miserably. She attempted to use self-help books to find love, in which she also failed miserably. She also has been ghosted both in the guy stop texting me sense and the guy leaves the country for good sense. And she has considered about giving up completely. And she's like, what am I going to do? Not date at all? Sit around and wait for Mr. Right to show up? And she was like, nah, fuck that. I'm too impatient and too horny to wait. And too broke not to accept free drinks. <laughs> well, um, I can't provide you free drinks. However, I can provide you with some D, 30 seconds of it. <laughs> but... Look, you can say it's a waste of time, but she's got other suitors available to her. So, I mean, it shouldn't be that bad. And she shouldn't have to keep her distance from casual sex, dating, and everything in between. All because she fears it might hurt her. And that's letting the fuckboys win. And when the fuckboys win, none of us win. And instead of quitting fuckboys for good, she's going to tackle them head on. If that's the case, well, uh, Miss Allison, <laughs> hook me up, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know I ain't shit, but... I'm pretty sure you let dudes who ain't shit hit, so, I, I mean, I'm available. <laughs> Gosh, I'm such a, such a whore. It says it can be fun to have a fuckboy in your life, as long as you know he's only that. A boy to fuck and nothing more. See, at least she, she has this concept down. Because some, some of y'all chicks out there confuse this a lot. It's like, clearly he's a fuckboy and that's all he wants, so he should be used for that purpose only. Just... A boy toy. Some of y'all want to upgrade him and change him into relationship material or husband material, but you failed ultimately most of the time. Or if you manage to change him, you end up not being happy with the result. That's just me. So you can read the rest of this article on Vice. I'll post a link in the description so you can give it a read. I mean, I shouldn't be giving them the clicks and views of this. We can actually go ahead and look at Vice's article about how um, how STDs are sexist. I believe Vice also wrote that too. So we're going to go ahead and pull that up here. This is the closest 
article from Vice talking about how STDs are sexist because I did remember seeing another article online about STDs being sexist, but it wasn't written by Vice, I believe. So the title of this Vice article is called Why Aren't Straight Men Told to Get Regular STD Tests? And women and gay men carry the STD test burden. And should I tell them now the main reason why? Because there is a legitimate reason why they're not told that. Other than just having common sense. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, this was released on late September, they announced that STDs had reached unprecedented numbers in the U.S. for the third year in a row. Yikes. And reported cases include chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. They're all at record highs, and they go more into detail about the numbers and all this mess. And these are just reported cases of the three major STDs. And the CDC estimates that there are now 20 million new sexually transmitted infections every year, which is scary now. Because your boy here likes to go around and smash these hoes. But you can't trust them now even more, even with a freaking condom, even with a radiation suit. That's probably what you're going to need if you want to get laid. So the CDC also released a fact sheet noting which groups were most at risk and their recommendations for whom STD screenings is critical. And all sexually active women younger than 25, women with new or multiple sex partners, pregnant women, and sexually active gay and bisexual men are all part of that sheet. And they say, what about sexually active straight men? Presumably, there are many women getting STDs from their heterosexual partners. So why are these men seemingly off the hook when it comes to testing? And they say, while the CDC says each case is individual, they also claim there's no evidence that widespread screening of heterosexual men leads to the benefits of the whole population, even if theoretically could cut down on STD transmission. Now, I stated earlier in the Fuckboy article about how it involves more hard work for a guy to get laid. You know, they have to put a little bit of extra work. That's likely one reason why straight men don't get tested because that's like, yo, like I'm not out here banging chicks all the time. In fact, it's too much work and I'm tired. I want to take a little break from going around and hooking up with women. Some other have skills like that, you know, to go around and sleep with whoever they want. Others don't. And also, if you think about it, uh, you know, women have a vagina, so it's like a little concave in there. <laughs> so anything that goes in there, I mean, you get, you gotta put your... Sounds really graphic, but anything that goes in there is likely going to stay in there. Compared to us, we have like this thing just sticking out, like this wiener here. So it's gonna just wrap around outside and it's just... It's got air to pretty much float around. I don't know. Whole point is, it doesn't necessarily have to stick inside our body as much because we have something protruding between our legs. Couldn't come up with a more creative way to explain that. So they say that even in her own research, the CDC claims holds up. And it's hard to say that screening heterosexual men has much reward. So the CDC states that, you know, the other driver behind these recommendations is that there really isn't enough money to go around and CDC is the only government agency that directly supports STD prevention by state and local health departments. And she states, the author states here that still as a sexually active woman reading the recommendations and finding that heterosexual men are excluded, she feels a little bit ripped off. Well, thing is, I think it's time for me to break it down to her. Because look, 
And this is not for a religious reason. Here's the thing, even if you wear protection, even if you use birth control, you still run a risk of either getting pregnant or getting an STD if you have intercourse. That's just how it is. The only 100% protection from STDs and pregnancy is abstinence. If you really, if you really, really want to not get knocked up or not catch an STD, if you want 100% like guaranteed that you will not get an STD or get pregnant is to be abstinent. And it sounds like I'm a religious freak about it, but that's just how it is. I'm being 100% real. That's how you 100% avoid that. This is all the time I have for these articles. So let me know what you think about these articles I shared with you. And go ahead and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And thanks again for listening. And until next time.